You know the topic because you have a handout, but hopefully you know it because I've told you. Today we're going to be talking about loving your enemies as yourself. So loving your enemies, man, this is going to be a topic that it goes against everything that we think in our natural minds to do. Before I do this, though, I want to put this disclaimer on this. So if I get to preaching or teaching this lesson and we go into this and I at any time make it sound like loving your enemy is putting yourself in harm's way, that is not what loving your enemy is all about. All right. So loving your enemy because you love your enemy does not mean you put yourself in physical danger. So just because you're walking down a dark alley because some nefarious person looks like they need help. And you think, you know what, I'm supposed to love my enemies. I'm going to walk down even though they look like they're armed and up to no good. And I'm just going to walk down there and I'm going to try to be a blessing. I am not saying that at all. We're talking about the spirit of trying to love people as Christ does. So before we go down there, because, and I say it jokingly, but I will tell you that there are people that have been put in situations that even maybe now or at some time in your life you have been put in a situation for physical harm. There are people that desire to do negative things and loving your enemy never does Jesus Christ teach that we go into danger, put ourselves into physical harm because we're loving our enemies. We can love them without putting ourselves in danger. So I want to put that disclaimer out there so that no time people say, well, what if somebody is doing something bad to me? You still ought to love them but loving your does not mean you put yourself back into a harm situation. So I want to make sure that's out of the way before we get started. Now, as we move to Matthew chapter number 5, I'm going to read our passage, verse 43. You notice if you have a red-letter Bible, it is in red. This is straight from Jesus Christ. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For, ye, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? If ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. I'm going to read verse number 43. I'm 44 one more time. You have heard it that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But this is Jesus saying, But I say, Jesus says unto us, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now in my life, I would probably say I'm a pretty laid back person. There's very few people that I can say really actually like ultimately make me mad i don't really get mad usually when i get to the point i just start laughing and it breaks and i just start laughing at people so multiple times at honda um i've had people come up to the uh to the service drive and i worked at honda and they'd start yelling at me this one incident in particular this lady had a broken key i may have told you guys some of this before but uh she had broke her key and it cost like a lot of money for the key and so she came in and she just lit off on me i just came and said hey how can i help you and she's like, my key is broke. What are you going to do about this? And I was like, well, I can, we can get you set up so we can get you a new key. I'd love to do that for you. And she was like, how much did it cost? And I told her how much it cost, and she got upset with me. I just started yelling, blankety blank, I'm not paying blankety blank money for that key. And I was like, wow, 
So, of course, when my, uh, instead of the Incredible Hulk, I break into a green guy, I, I just start laughing. And so she, she was going, and, she, and I started laughing. I was like, oh, wow. And she was like, are you laughing at me? It's like, not laughing at you, but kind of laughing at the situation. Like, I'm trying to be a help to you, and you're cursing me out. So that, I find that a, tight bit, a tad bit humorous. And so then she, of course, got a little more mad, and she said some more choice words, and she drove off. And I walked back in the building, and everybody, of course, could hear what she's saying. And they're like, Aaron, you've got to stop laughing at people. I'm like, I don't try. Just how, yeah, how it happens. Like, when it comes up to the point where I can get mad, I just laugh it off and keep moving. But I will tell you, when I worked at Hana, there was one person, as we talk about loving our enemies. Even when I read this passage, there's probably one person in my life that I can look at and I can say, you know what, when I saw this person, I'm going to say it spiritually, I did not hate them, but I had a spiritual dislike for them. He was a salesman in Honda. And the only reason he was even there, he was a real jerk, just to be honest. He was a jerk of a guy. But he sold cars. And since he sold cars well, they kept him there. But he was the kind of guy that I would be sitting at my, my desk, my desk looking just like it does in my office now. And I have stuff through all over. I am working. Customers can be standing in front of me. I'm trying to help people. And he will walk right in the middle because he thinks that he can just say whatever he wants to do and do whatever he wants. So he'll walk. I'll be, I'll be juggling like 15 things over here. And he'll walk in and say, hey, Aaron, I need you to go ahead and get this done, this done, this done, and this done. And he's not my boss. And so I'm like, just a second, Matt. I'll be right with you. And he says, no, 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 you don't understand. I need this done, this done, this done right now. And I'm like, man, just a second. And he would stand there and do that pretty much every time I get busy. Pretty much whenever he came toward my desk, I am not going to lie. There was no spiritual feelings of love, the love of God in my heart. In fact, there's a lot of times where I honestly, I did want to hit him. I just wanted to be like, punch him in the face and say, hey, would you please leave? I am trying to work. Because no matter what happened, he always thought he was in charge. He was the authority. And so, multiple people, everybody in the surf department felt like that. A lot of people told him. Of course, I never told him. I kept it in and tried to act like I was trying to be spiritual, even though inside, the heart that matters was not. But I remember he made me upset. And I remember hearing a message. Well, actually, when I was, uh, back when I started detailing cars at Honda, I stepped down and started detailing cars. I remember listening to a message, and it had something to do with the idea of loving your enemy. And I remember Matt came back there. And even when I, when I moved jobs... He still came and bugged me all the time. If he had a car that needed to be washed, I could be in the middle. He would come back to the bay, get in the car, back it out, and pull in his car that he wanted me to wash and say, hey, I need this right now. I'm like, I was already working on something, Matt. But he would do that because that's the kind of guy he was. And I remember hearing that, and I hit that message, and I was thinking, man, I, don't, I wouldn't say because I'm trying to use Mr. Spiritual. I would not say I hate him. But, man, if I had the opportunity and God would let me get away with it, I sure nail him one time, right in his mouth, and tell him, don't ever come and talk to me again. I would like to do that. But when I read the words of Christ, I find out that there is no one that I'm to feel that way to. Pastor Burton, they aggravate me to death. But Pastor Burton, they did me wrong. But Pastor Burton, you don't understand the situation. Just like I said before, it is, this is not, loving your enemies is not a thing where we're saying, Put yourself in a danger, a dangerous situation. But it is my spirit towards others needs to be like Christ. So let's go through and fill out some blanks. The enemy. An enemy is a person who feels hatred for, 
fosters harmful designs against or engages in antagonist activities against another, an adversary, or an opponent. Now, I would say that in our minds, most of us have someone who can fit that definition. And you know what? Sometimes in our lives, we can even justify it spiritually. Well, they're hurting the cause of Christ. So I strongly dislike them. Oh, this happens in my life. I'm trying to do what's right, and they're doing what's wrong. So that means that I can. And we go through. I'm pretty positive we all have someone in our mind that we would consider... We wouldn't call them that because when we think of the word enemy, we think of a warfare here. We think like, I'm grabbing my gun, going to Iraq because they are the enemy. But it's really anybody that I have a strong dislike for, that I have a hatred for. So as we look through that, that's where we're going to stick. Let's go. Two views of loving your enemies. Number one, the view of culture and society. The view of culture and society. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. This is what society says. Love your neighbor, Hate your enemy. Love your neighbor. Hate your enemy. This is seen everywhere. You watch television right now, you will see shows that have no moral or biblical value. But they will tell you to love the people around you. And they will tell you to hate your enemy. Watch this. You can watch a commercial for, and let's just throw it out there, homosexuality. Homosexuality. We need to love and embrace the homosexual, the gay, and lesbian community. And they will. They'll have commercials about it and everything. And they'll say, yes, we need to love and embrace. Hey, you cannot show hate towards. And you know what? I do not. So just for the record, I do not hate anyone who is a homosexual. I will say that homosexual is a sin, just the same as pornography is a sin, same as adultery is sin. It is all sin. But you know what? You can watch that same thing. You gotta love, love, love. But then let someone say something negative. Let a Christian say, you know what? Homosexual is sin. Hey! What in the world? Those idiot Christians? That's one, sorry. Those dumb, those dumb Christians? How in the world are they going to say that they, I can't do what I want to do? Why? Because even the world says, society says, hey, love your neighbor, but hate anybody who's opposed to you. They don't have God to do that. So that's the mentality of society. So we have society and culture as you. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Let's look at the view of Christ. The view of Christ, our Savior, the view of Christ, the Savior, our responsibility. This is our responsibility. A, to love your enemies. To love your enemies. We've talked about love. I'm not going to spend a long time on A because we've talked about love and all it is in the past three weeks. But my responsibility from Christ just like I said, this is red letters. This is Jesus Christ on talking. Not that all the Bible is his words, but this is Jesus Christ expressly teaching that I have to love my enemies. You know, this is the same love that's mentioned everywhere else. If you know, if you hear preachers all the time, they talk about the agape love, the phileo love, and those kind of loves in the Greek. Well, if you, if you listen to sometimes, this is supposedly the strongest type of love. This is not just, I'm a friend. I am to love them. So I'm supposed to love my enemies. My first responsibility is to love my enemies. Letter B. I'm to bless them that curse you. Bless them that curse me. Bless them that curse you. The word bless means to speak well of. The word curse means to call down evil upon. So Jesus said, this is your responsibility. 
Number one, you are to love, show true love toward people that you hate and you dislike. People that are against you that you consider an adversary. And then secondly, when they bless, when they curse you, you are to bless them. Man, this is, this is great. When someone said something negative and evil about me, they curse me. Jesus Christ said my responsibility is to bless them. Now we'll put the same Matt Munn situation. Matt Munn's the guy I told you about in the Honda that I had strong dislikes for. So as we look at Matt Munn, we put Matt Munn in this situation. Matt Munn cursed and smoked a lot. And so he's smoking. He'd always, like, come and talk to you right in your face while he's smoking. So he's, like, talking to me right in my face. Doesn't even mind turning his head, just talking to me, smoking. Now, if Matt comes up to me after he's pulled the car, we've got nose to nose a couple of times and heated things. And so he pulled out, and I say, hey, Matt, I was doing that. He jumps in my face, and he starts to say, he's, I can picture him, I'm smoking a cigarette. Well, I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen. And as he's telling me that, and he's cursing me, hey, saying terrible things about me. Uh, <laughs> in my life, according to Jesus Christ, my responsibility is when they curse me, when I am cursed, I'm supposed to bless him. So that means even though he is aggravating, even though I hate his attitude, even though he is not right and I would say I am in, I mean, he is wrong and I am in the right. God says my responsibility is the blessing of the curse. So when Matt Munn is talking evil about me, when I hear Matt Munn's name in the service aisle, I'm not supposed to jump in and say, yeah, Matt is a nut. You know what he did? I was out here and he did this, this, and this. No, see, my responsibility from Christ is to bless him, to say good things about him. Well, you know what? Matt's just trying to do his job. They've called him here to do his job, and so he's just trying to get his job done. And that's, Matt, you know what? He has his problems, and so don't we all. He's just trying to get his job done. But that is not the way I respond, is it? Because when somebody curses me, man, I won't use curse words back. But I'll let them know that, hey, <laughs> I share the same feelings for you that you feel for me. But the Bible says our responsibility is to love our enemies. Bless them that curse you. When they curse me, I'm supposed to bless them. Hey, I hope the best for you, man. Hope God does something great in your life. You know, ultimately, I hope you get saved. And that you get to spend eternity in heaven. We can spend eternity together. Hallelujah. I never said that. But I should have. But when we look at our responsibility, it's to bless them that curse you. We go to number letter C. Pray for those that despitefully use you. And those that persecute you. My responsibility is to pray for those that despitefully use you and those that persecute you. Those that slander or falsely accuse you. And those that vex, V-E-X, vex or presses. Wow. Jesus really has a way of raising the bar, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what? Your responsibility is to love your enemy. I can do that. You know what? I really don't care for you, but I'm going to try to show you love because that's what God said to do. Then he says, you know what? I want you to go a step further. I want you to bless them that curse you. When they talk bad about you, I want you to say good things about them. He said, next, I want you to raise the bar a little bit. 
I want you to pray for those that despitefully use you. Nothing feels worse than being used, is it? When you find out that you were trying to be a help to somebody, or you were trying to give all, and you find out you were just being used, you were just being played. Nothing, nothing burns up more than that. That I, you know what? I was trying to be a friend. I gave, or I did, and then I find out they didn't really care about me. They just wanted what they could get out of me. Jesus says this. I want you to pray for those people. Pastor Burton, I have a problem praying for my friends. I don't even pray as I ought. But now I'm supposed to raise the bar and not only just pray for the people that I love, I have to pray for the people who do me wrong and knowingly. They knew they didn't want to be friends with me. They knew they didn't want to do anything good for me. They were going to use me. And you know what? I'm supposed to pray for them. He goes even farther. He says, not only for those despiteful use you, but those that persecute you. See, we don't know a lot about persecution. We don't. There's never been, to my knowledge, any of you guys, someone come to your house, grab out your family, throw your mom and dad on the ground, and beat your mom and dad for the gospel's sake, and then come in and scare you as a child, and then say, never speak in the name of Jesus Christ again. I don't know of that happening in any of our families. But you know what? I understand that we do not have to face that kind of persecution. But you know what? It does still hurt. When you try to do what's right, and people do make light of that. When you've decided, you know what, I have decided to follow Jesus, I'm going to try and do what's right, and people make light of it. It may be just some simple comment. Hey, <laughs> thinks he's too good. She thinks she's too good for us. They can't do this anymore because they're real Christians. And you know what, we don't experience persecution, but I will tell you that there is something real to the fact of being belittled, Vexed, as the Bible says, made hard, your life made hard because of your desires. You know what I'm supposed to do for those people? I'm supposed to pray for them. Can I say for just a second that we as Christians are horrible at this? You will hear more things from Christians about our president. Oh, President Obama is going to be two. He's an idiot. President Obama, this is this. And we'll say more things about him. As Christians, the world loves him, just like I said. Because the Bible says, you have heard, thou shalt love thy, love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. The world knows that. So they'll talk good about him. But us as Christians, oh man, if he'd stop running our country in the ground, if he'd stop doing this. But the Bible says, I love my enemies. I bless them that curse me. And I pray for them that use me and persecute me. So you know what, if today... President Obama, he does not have this kind of power, but if he did, have the power right now to say, I want every church shut down. I want every pastor drug out in the street and beaten. I want Christianity to be done. You know what my response to that is? From Jesus Christ? For who actually suffered persecution? Who was actually nailed to a cross? I'm going to pray for him. Man, blows away everything I think. Because my thing thinks, well, if they're my enemy, I'm just going to stay away from them. But God says, love it. So this is our responsibility. And then here's our reason. Let's go through our reason. Our reason is because of our heritage. Our heritage. Verse number 45, I believe. For if you, um, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Our heritage. See, 
we are supposed to resemble that we will resemble our Heavenly Father. So why do I need to love my enemy? Because I need to resemble God. People all the time say, Mr. T, my son, looks like me. Hey, he looks like you. Sometimes when he smiles, somebody says, oh yeah, he smiles just like you. You know why he resembles me? He's my son. Exactly. It's not rocket science. You know what? As a child of God, the reason I have to love my enemy, I'm, I'm supposed to resemble God. He goes on and says, God lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust. For us, rain's not a big deal. Rain keeps me from going outside and do what I want. For people in this time, rain meant everything because your crops and everything depended on it. And so what Jesus was saying is, see, God in heaven, we're supposed to resemble him. And when it comes to rain, God doesn't look at some good Christians and say, oh, they're, they're doing the good, right thing. So I'm going to let them have this. But this guy over here, he's cursed my name. I will not give him anything and his crops will die. See, God said, I'm supposed to resemble him. You've heard of stories probably of people that stood up in, in, in big public areas and said, if there's a God, I want him to kill me right now. I want him to strike me dead. And I've read multiple stories about that kind of thing. You know why God does not waste his time dropping lightning from heaven on people that say stupid things like that? Because you know what? Exactly. Oh, sorry, to me to spit. But, but, but you know what? If I, but if I was God and someone said, if there is a God, well, I want him to strike me down with lightning. You know what? I'd be shooting lightning bolts so fast that boom, everybody know there is a God in heaven. But guess what? That's not what God is because he loves his enemies. Those people that curse his name and shake their fist at him, he loves them. And he says, he wants me to resemble that. He wants me to look like that. So we go on. Our heritage. B. The heathen. He says the second reason is because the heathen don't do this. It says the publicans love those that love them. The publicans salute their brethren. Only their brethren. Salute means to greet or embrace. The publicans salute only their brethren. Salute, greet, or embrace. So this is what Jesus says. He says, not only because of your heritage, but also because the heathen. It's almost like you said this. Some of you would say, this is the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Jewish leaders. Well, guess what? I love those who love me. It's almost Jesus says, oh, you, you love the people that love you? The publicans do that. And see, the publicans, if you know your Bible, are the tax collectors. Everybody hates the publicans. So it's almost like Jesus says, oh, you love the people that love you. Good job. The publicans do that. And he goes on. Hey, Jesus, I embrace, I salute the people that, that love me. Jesus, <laughs> good job. Because the publicans do that too. See, the publicans embrace. They'll give a big hug to the people they love. Yeah. But see, you're supposed to do more than that. You resemble more than that. So he says, pig, pig whoop. Okay, good job. You love the people that love you. The publicans do that. The heathen do that. You embrace people. You salute people. As Andrew was joking earlier about giving the hug, that's what it means. Hey, you give hugs to people that you love, then great job. But he says, what reward do you have? What big deal? Where did you go out of your way to do something for God because you did that? He goes lastly, because, see, our Heavenly Father, we're called to be perfect as your Father is perfect. The word perfect there means complete. 
If you read in Hebrews chapter 5, 13 through 14, it's the same word there. It means a full age. It means that I have matured. Here's what Jesus Christ is saying, and we're going to be done. That you are, I am, to love my enemies. Those people that I hate, that I have a dislike for, that aggravate me, that drive me crazy. That when their name enters my, enters my mind, I cannot think of anything but ill will towards them. I'm supposed to love them. And you know what? Why? Because culture and society says, hey, you love your neighbor, you hate your enemy. But Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to give you a responsibility. I want you to love your enemy. I want you to pray for those people that despite, I mean, I want you to love your enemies. Then I want you to pray for those people that despitefully use you, those people that persecute you. And I want you to do right by your enemies. And then he says, go on because, see, your heavenly father, you're supposed to look like him. God's created us to be like him. And he doesn't go around just because somebody hates him saying, you know what, I'm not going to provide for them. I'm not going to do anything. He loves them. And he said, because of that, this is what I call you to do. So let's pray. And we're going to be finished. God, we ask that you would please help our time, Lord, that we would Lord, love our enemies. Lord, I know it's against everything we, we want and do. Lord, I know there's people in our lives, Lord, that drive us absolutely crazy. But Lord, I should help us to do things the way you'd have. And Lord, help us to look more like you. Bless service this morning. Be with Pastor Ferguson as he preaches. Lord, be with every aspect of this ministry. We'll thank you for all in Jesus' name. Amen.